welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. You want to turn to two different places, Numbers chapter 14 and Psalm 90. Numbers 14 and Psalm 90. We're going to look here at this scripture that is going to teach us about uh, Moses and about how the people, why they did not enter the promised land. And then we're going to see the song. Moses wrote one song, which is in Psalms 90. And this is a mini way it piggybacks on this morning's message about Moses in the tent of meeting and about how God was preparing through meet, meeting with Moses face to face to our worship here right now. So I want to show you why Israel did not enter into the promised land. And I believe a lot of times we find ourselves in the same way. In many ways, Jace even alluded to it. When we have setbacks in our life, we go, it's, it's, we don't know what to do. When something happens, suddenly you are just like, well, this, I did not plan for this. All of a sudden you have family problems, career problems, you end up with um, and certainly this here, you're about, we're about to see the most divisive nation. Uh, the election, actually, the primary start tomorrow, the caucus. So, you, I mean, it is about to go, it is about to start, and it's, it's only going to get worse each day going up until November. But I, wanna, I want you to see this. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. Look at how God had shepherded these people through so much you would think if the Lord could part the Red Sea and deliver over one million slaves in Egypt through the Red Sea under the hand of the most powerful man on earth, Pharaoh, and bring them into a, and provide for them by manna and by quails coming in, uh, you know, birds coming in and providing food right there uh, for you you would trust the Lord, but they did not trust the Lord. So I want you to read this here in your Bible. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. Then the whole, uh, the whole community broke into loud cries. I don't think it's on the screen, so you'll want to pull your pew Bible out. Oh, there it is. So that's the whole Israelite community. And the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron. And the whole community told them. Have you ever complained about someone? It's easy to complain. When things don't go your way, when there's disappointment, you find yourself complaining. So this is what they say. They're complaining about Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if we had died in this wilderness... They're griping because they're alive. The people wish they were dead. They're wandering around in the desert. And the Lord is providing for them every day. They're receiving a daily portion of food to stay alive. And they do this for 40 years. Yet they're wishing, why are we here? I wish I had just died in the wilderness. And look at verse 3. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? They're still scared to death. They have not entered the promised land yet. And they're worried about 
They, they're, they're so, their knees are wobbling so bad, they're scared to fight. They don't want to go into battle. Our wives and our children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? I mean, they're begging to go back to slavery. Why would they want to, why would they want to go back to that? And they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. Do you know one of the things in church leadership, whenever, when you have a pastor, your pastor should be pushing you and bringing you to a new place, always moving forward. Your Sunday school class and Sunday school teacher and youth pastor and music ministers always taking you forward. But a lot of times, moving forward in life spiritually, it's hard because you get very comfortable and you're accustomed to what you're used to. So then when you get uncomfortable, you think, why are we doing this? Why am I being pushed to go farther and farther and farther? In fact, let's get a new pastor, a new music minister, a new Sunday school teacher, a new youth pastor, a new college minister, and go back to the old, good old days, as if you're going to recreate what it used to be like. I went back, I shared with you, two weeks ago today, I was back in my home church in Alabama. Now, there was a time, this is a large church, there was a time in that church, and I was phenomenally involved when I was Jace's age. I was truly there. In fact, they gave me a key to the church. I was there so much. I was there all the time. Just young man, phenomenally active. I probably knew at that point 75% of the people. Now, I might not have known, known them, but I recognized their face. So I kind of knew folks. And that would have been hundreds and hundreds of people, a lot of folks. I'd walk down the hall and it'd just be, hey, hey, hey. It just, I just knew everyone, all ages, all ages, children. Old folks, whoever you were, I knew you. I go back, and I'm not kidding. I didn't know three people. That was 22, 23 years ago. And you go back, and you think, this isn't even the same church. I don't even know who these people are. I knew some of the staff members were still there, and they still knew me. I barely knew them. It had been a long time. But in a lot of times in our life, and what's amazing about it, my parents, they've been going to that same old church 40-something years. And they, they don't change. My parents are just steady, Eddie, never change. They knew all the new people. So to them, nothing's changed. It's the same old church, same old people. I look around and go, Mom, I don't know who these folks are. How do you know all these people? Because they're still active there. But a lot of times for us, when we step out of a situation or when we're pressed to go farther, we find ourselves starting to complain. And that's what's occurring right here. They want to go back to slavery. That's what sin is, is when we feel like, God, you're bringing me into a place I don't want to go anymore. And so look what Moses and Aaron do. When you're faced against a wall, when Moses is finding himself, and Moses is the type of guy, he probably would want to be replaced because he wasn't the most anxious leader to be, even begin with. It says, when Moses and Aaron fell face down, then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephaniah, who were among them, those who scouted the land, tore their clothes, and they said to the entire Israelite community, so now he's speaking to them, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. They sent 12 spies into, into the promised land to spy. Only two came back with a good report. 
It was only here, Joshua and Caleb. Everyone else is saying, no, we're not going into the land. The people are giants and they're dangerous. We will lose in battle. We'll all die. Now granted, they're living in the desert, being fed by birds and bread grows every morning from the Lord. It's this bread from heaven called manna. So you see the boldness of Joshua and Caleb right here. How they speak up and say, we have to trust the Lord. And it says, only don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. You see these two men who have a boldness that the rest of the community do not have. They're wanting to move forward into the promised land. They're wanting to trust God's promises. And it goes on to say, their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. That's what Joshua and Caleb are saying. While the whole community threatened to stone them, so their response, after they're making a plea, hey, let's trust the Lord. We will go and take the land. The community... The other Israelites, the rest of the people. So in this whole story, there's only four people who trust the Lord. Moses and Aaron, and they're phenomenally frustrated at this point because Moses is just having to deal with these people over and over again. And then Joshua and Caleb come back, and it was not a unanimous decision. It was ten to two. Two people are saying, let's take the land, and others are saying, no, we surrender. Let's go back to being slaves. We can't fight these people. They're afraid. The whole community threatens to stone them. So it says, wow. So all of a sudden, they're about to get killed. All of a sudden, the Lord had to intervene at this point. The glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. Don't miss that location. The tent of meeting. That's what we talked about this morning. That tent of meeting, all of a sudden, the cloud appeared. God is summoning Moses. He said, we need to have a discussion. This is not going very well. We have some problems right here. The Lord said to Moses, verse 11, how long will these people despise me? God is mad at this. And understand, the victim was the Lord. It's not Moses. How long will they not trust in me and despite all the signs I've performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. But Moses replied to the Lord, God is, God is saying, Moses, we're going to start over. These people have been such a disappointment. I'll let you have some new children like Abraham did in his old age, and we'll just start all over again because this isn't working out. Moses replied to the Lord, the Egyptians will hear about it. For by your strength you brought up this people from them. They will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. And you have, for they have heard that you, Lord, are among these people. How you, Lord, are seen face to face. How your cloud stands over them. That's at the tent of meeting. And how you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you kill this people with a single blow, the nations will have heard of your fame and will declare, since the Lord wasn't able to bring the people into the land he swore to give them, he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. Moses is holding, makes a really bold statement. And he says, God, you know what? 
You, everybody knows what you have done, how you parted the Red Sea, and you're guiding everybody by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. You're guiding these people, and they will appear, all the surrounding peoples will hear that you did not fulfill your word. You killed them all because of your frustration. So Moses goes on to say in verse 17, So now, may my Lord's power be magnified just as you have spoken. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, forgiving iniquity and rebellion. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children to the third and fourth generation. And many of you are dealing with that. Do you know when you have children, one of the, the most important things, when you, if you're married, you have, the most important thing is your relationship with God. The next important thing is the relationship with your spouse. And in that relationship with your spouse, your husband or wife, you are sh- displaying to your children that going to church Learning about the Lord, family devotions, learning the Bible is very important. In many ways, the best thing you can ever do as a parent or a grandparent, you don't know what it is, is just to bring your children to church. You just bring them to church, bring them to youth group, bring them to college group. That way they don't wake up on Sunday morning wondering, are we going to church today? There was no question. Of course we're going. And right here, it says your father's iniquity to the children thirst. That means your great-great-grandchildren will pay the price for yours and my sins. It's just passed down. When, when someone in your home, when you have a husband and wife who do not teach their children the Bible, you will have people, little children, who do not know the Lord. They will not be getting baptized here. They will not be lear- learning their Bible. And God knows this. That's, this is why it is so important that parents, in many ways, when you're doing ministry to children or to teenagers, you have to involve mom and dad because you only teach the children so long. If mom and dad aren't reinforcing it and teaching it at home, they only have limited opportunity. It is a blessing to be a parent or a grandparent to teach children and to teach generations behind you about the Lord. Any and every opportunity you should take at doing that. Always. You, never get, you, you don't pass up opportunities to do that. You always say, this is, this is why we do this. This is why we believe this. Keep going here in your Bibles. So look what Moses is saying, verse 19. Please pardon the iniquity of this people in keeping with the greatness of your faithful love, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. Moses is in the tent of meeting, pleading with the Lord to give the people a second chance. The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you requested. You notice how God... He doesn't debate. It's just, you've asked for forgiveness, bam, there's your forgiveness. I have pardoned these people. I have pardoned them as you've requested. Yet as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me in these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land 
I swore to give their answers. So that means ten times. That means this was not the first time. Over and over again, we've gone through this. And God says, okay, we've now heard ten times. This isn't a one-time occurrence. Ten times you've been unfaithful and you wanted to go back to Egypt. None of those who've despised me will see it. So these, the people who did not go into the promised land were adults. If you were at least 18 years old and you came out of Egypt... As an adult, you're not going to um, see the promised land. Children who came out of Egypt, 17 or under or so, they were allowed to go into the promised land. So a lot of young people were going into the promised land. In fact, it was mostly young people, along with Joshua and Caleb. So when th those people who were going into the promised land, understand, if they were 15 years old, when they left Egypt, that meant they were 55 when they were, uh, th that would have been the old group going in. The older folks would have been the teenagers at that time because they had to wander around the desert for 40 years. So the only people, so probably everybody was 55 and under who entered into the promised land along with Joshua and Caleb who would have been older than that. And then a bunch of young folks. That's who entered into the promised land. And they did this because of their unfaithfulness because they complain to the Lord. One of the things we have to be careful of, we have to make sure that when we find ourselves, things don't go our way and unexpected things, that we do not find ourselves complaining like the Israelites did. They are griping and wanting to go backwards. Do you know we cannot go backwards? I hear Jace was talking about politics. You know, I hear all the time, about people in the news saying, you know, we just need to go back to a kinder general or where like political parties got along. As if we could rewind time and go back 40 or 50 years where things just were different and better. The truth is, it's not, we can't go back in time. There's no way for that to occur. People aren't just going to wake up and go, let's relive the 1960s and 70s and 80s and live in that decade again. We are where we are, and the Lord is saying, this is what your position, your lot in life, you have to accept it. And we accept it by realizing the only hope is what Jay spoke about is Jesus Christ and the lost people all around us. And Moses is telling, along with Joshua and Caleb, is saying, you know what, we have, we have to trust the Lord. He has brought us this far. Why would I turn back now? just because some people were scared to death when they were scouting out the land. Keep going here in your Bible. It goes on to say, but verse 24, But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone, and his descendants will inherit it. Notice that phrase, the Lord recognized Caleb was different, a different spirit. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. If you're going to be a follower of Christ in 2024, you're going to have to have a different spirit. Your attitude is different than the world. Your interests are different. Now the Amaleks and Canaanites are living in the lowlands. Turn back tomorrow, head for the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. And then... It, uh, that's what he says there. That's what they were saying. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Verse 26. How long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? I've heard the Israelites' complaints that they make against me. Tell them as, as I live, this is the Lord's declaration. 
I will do exactly as you heard say. Your corpses will fall in the wilderness, all of you who are registered in the census, the entire number of you, 20 years old or more, because you have complained about me. I swear that none of you will enter the land I promised. So we see here, God is shutting this down. And he's saying, it's going to be, I was going to stop right there. We're about to turn over to Psalm chapter 90. I want to read the first few verses of that. God is saying, 19 and under, they will live, 20 and up, they're going to die. And in fact, the desert is going to be a place of lots of corpses. A lot of people are about to fall. And the reason that occurred is because these people complain. Before we turn there, I want to read uh, one final verse here in, uh, in verse, uh, chapter 14. If you look at verse 36, we can't overlook look this verse. Numbers 14, 36. You've got your Bible. So the men Moses sent to scout out the land. Remember, they sent 12 folks out there who returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by, by spreading a negative report on the land. You know, it's possible to do that. You can spread a negative report. And I want to tell you, Jason talked about the news. Do you know when we watch the news, negative news sells. A lot of the news you're watching is spreading a negative report. And if you're not careful, you believe that. You feel this is, this is just tough times. Those men who spread the negative report about the land were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, remained alive as those men went out to scout the land. So what happened there is God killed those who spread negative first, speaking negatively about the Lord and living in a life lacking faith and belief in God. There's great consequences, that occurred. So not only did those men die, but all their families, those uh, people 20 and up, they're going to die as well. They will not be able to enter the promised land. Look here in your Bible. I want to read the first few verses of this. This is Moses' one song. And there's some important point, points about this. I want to read the first uh, eight verses. First eight verses here, we're going to read this. This is Moses' prayer. He wrote this song. And it says, Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, you gave birth to the earth and the world. From eternity to eternity, you are God. Do you know what we see here? We see about the eternality of the Lord. God has existed before time. He's going to exist after time. Moses understands this. He realizes, Lord, you are eternity to eternity. God had no beginning. God has no end. This is one of his attributes. And even before, uh, before mountains were born, you, gave, you, you created all this. All this was made by your hand. Verse 3, you return mankind to the dust, saying, return descendants of Adam. Do you know, that's not how we speak about people when they die. But that's how the Lord looks at people. He looks at us and says, okay, you're about to return to dust. Descendant of Adam, descendants of Adam die. God looks at us and he says, who do you think you are? You make all these great plans and these goals, but you are soon going to be dust. You're going where every man has ever gone to die. Unless you're Jesus or Enoch or Elijah. Those are the three people in the Bible who are still alive today. They never died. Or when they did die, God, or in Jesus' case, he came back to life and went to heaven. Enoch, 
in uh, Genesis chapter 6, he did not die. The Lord took him. And Elijah, he didn't die. He went up in the whirlwind. And then Jesus did die for three days, and then he resurrected. So everyone else is going the way of Adam. For in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours of the night. You end their lies. They sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. And in the evening it sprouts and grows. By evening it withers and dries up. What seems so important in our lives, what this scripture is telling us, is so minor to the Lord. What seems like an eternity, a long time for us, is just a matter of short time, just a matter of a few hours in the night to the Lord. And God is saying here, you end their lives. God knows when every single one of us is going to pass away. He has appointed a day for us to be born and appointed a day for us to die. For we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your wrath. You have set, a, you, we, you have set our iniquities before you. Every sin we commit will be placed before the Lord. He is fully aware of our sins, our secret sins in the light of your presence. God knows that everything we do, even our secret life, will be exposed. And tying this all back together, we look here at the book of Numbers. God judged these Israelites for their sins. These men went on a rep on scouting report to go look at the land of Israel and Two came back with good report. Ten came back with bad reports. And they believed, you know what? We don't need to do this. We just need to go back to Egypt. We need to get a new leader. This doesn't need to happen. And the Lord is judging them for their lack of belief in Him. And for us here this evening, maybe some of you have never trusted in Christ as your Savior. And the Lord is saying, I know your iniquities. Iniquities are sins. I know your secret sins. I know what scares you the most. I know your greatest fear. God knows when we're going to be born from eternity to eternity. He knows when we're going to return to the dust of Adam, a descendant of Adam, return to where we came from. And what happens in the meantime, the Bible is teaching us, just like Jay shared, we completely live our living time completely to God. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and then we're going to have our invitation. If you want to get saved tonight, if you want to make a decision, you want to be a part of this church family, you just come step, you just come take my hand, and I can pray with you, and we can make that public. So why don't we bow our heads and pray to the Lord, and then we'll have our invitation to respond. God, I pray that you will be with Jace Edwards and his family. I pray that this young man will be blessed You've given him a great gift and a passion for you and a great understanding of your word, how it's transformational in so many areas of our life. In 11 months to see how much he's grown spiritually here. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that maybe we have been giving bad reports and we've given excuses and we have just have a lot of lack of trust in you. That Lord, we read these verses that Moses wrote in Psalm 90 how you know how we will come to an end and all that will matter. Every sin we will give an account for. And Lord, I pray tonight that if there's someone here who needs to get saved, they will walk this aisle and take my hand. And Lord, this is our time we respond to you. 
Lord, we never want to hold back or miss an opportunity to trust in you as our Savior. Lord, I thank you for our wonderful church. I pray for everyone here that we will be faithful in your, our commitment and our love for you. And Lord, we want to have the faith that Moses, that Aaron, that Caleb, and that Joshua all had. They were just following your commands, even when the people had no desire to follow along to. Lord, we trust you as well. Thank you for bringing us here to evening worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. David Dell is going to lead us in our song. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. I'm going to be standing down front. If you want to make a decision or get saved tonight, you come take my hand.